So the big question is this. How are we, as small business owners with limited IT budgets, small or even no IT team, and practically no cybersecurity experience, how are we supposed to protect our business today from the countless cyber villains who want to steal our assets and drain our bank accounts without overspending or chasing every new threat down a fresh rabbit hole? Well, that is the $1.7 million question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Cliff Nelson, your CIO, and welcome to This is Cyber War. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today for part two in the series, There is an Enemy and This is a War. The title of today's episode is Know Thy Enemy, Complacency. If that sounds a little harsh, it could be that your eyes have yet to be opened to the size and scope of the war we are in. So allow me to pull back the curtain for just a moment. In our last episode, I described a 3 minute and 14 second event that impacted a $250 million business with immediate loss of more than $804,000. That cash was quickly transferred out of the company's primary cash account to six bank accounts located all over the world. Where it went from there is anyone's guess. That August afternoon began the uncomfortable process of self-assessment for the company, and that process took several months to complete. The leadership team was forced to take a look at virtually every aspect of the organization's overall culture, as well as the collective cybersecurity attitude and awareness level, financial policies and practices, the governance of each, IT network architecture, network device configuration, and patching policies, server configuration, deployment processes, and change control practices. End-user device management, protection, and resilience, log management, capabilities, and practices, cyber incident, identification, protection, detection, response, and recovery capabilities, IT tools and partnerships in place, the gap analysis of all of this, the where do we fall short, and what will it take to bridge those gaps analysis. And there were many other areas scrutinized as well. The list really does go on and on. Although we could probably build an episode around each of these primary topics, in this episode, we will examine a few of the more impactful and mission-critical topics from that list. And as we walk through each of these important categories, we'll attempt to show both pre-event mindset and business considerations that affected the decision-making processes, as well as the impacts of those decisions. And as we examine the findings, I think it'll become clear the role and the impact those decisions had on this event. Now, this is a very good company. The business is well-led in many ways. They consistently achieve achieve year-over-year revenue and earnings growth. They're taking market share from their customers. They have built a very strong and diverse customer base that's really satisfied with them according to their latest net promoter scores. All in all, everyone would agree, quote, things are in great shape and moving consistently in the right direction. So my question became... How could a company of this caliber 
be so unprepared for an event like this? Well, the answer appears complex on the surface, but eventually it boils down to complacency. Complacency is defined by Merriam-Webster as a feeling of being satisfied with how things are and not wanting necessarily to try to make them better. I think this is a pretty good definition to apply to this particular business in this specific situation. The company's leadership is highly focused on so many of the right things, delivering value to its customers, running safe and efficient operations, providing empowering meaningful opportunities for its employees to contribute, and developing a clear vision and executing a winning strategy. What came out in so many of the interviews conducted with executives and the larger leadership team were also pretty clear. Here's a summary of the highlights in a no specific order. First, no one could remember the last time cybersecurity was a part of any communication to the general employee population. My assessment? The average tenure of the interviewees was well over 11 years with the company. That's a significant time not to have any recollection of that type of communication. Next, there was little to no thought given to the consideration that the organization was even at risk of cyber attack of any kind. They, I remember quotes like, they were really not a target. They're too small, we're outside the mainstream, we're not worth the effort, was essentially their belief. The assessment? Reasons offered for this belief, including things like, we're well known, but, in a, but we have a low profile, we have a niche. Why would the bad guys even look for us? We're a small fish, don't they just look for whales? We've never had an incident before and just assumed that our antivirus software and IT team were the reason. And the hits just kept coming. Next, they stated things like there was little to no awareness of the cyber threat landscape. The team had heard of viruses, malware, and ransomware, of course, but no one outside of the IT team had any significant cybersecurity training, awareness, or even knew of any of the threat vectors in the organization or understood how they might be exploited. Additionally, there was a general consensus that we were doing what we could for our size business with the financial and technical resources we had available to us. Well, there was certainly an IT steering committee, and meetings were scheduled on a monthly cadence, but attendance was inconsistent, and attendees reported that the meeting contents were consistently too technical, boring, and failed to make the connection between IT work effort or IT needs and the business value or advantage they delivered. The IT manager also presented statistics on the number of viruses the antivirus software caught and quarantined since the previous meeting. He also communicated how many emails the spam filter blocked in the same period. Eyebrows might raise at the numbers, but in the end, it would be considered a good investment and we are doing fine. It became very clear 
very quickly that the company's leaders felt they had done what they must do to protect the organization, and it was working up to the point in time where it didn't, and they lost more than $800,000. Prior to the event, there was no sense of urgency. In fact, no one felt the need to enhance the cybersecurity posture of the company at all. There was no compelling drive to increase employee cybersecurity awareness. The status quo was good enough from a cybersecurity cyber perspective. And <clears throat> that outlook fosters contentment. Contentment is the mother of complacency. So in a company driven to win in every competitive aspect of their business, this leadership team fell woefully short of the mark when it came to protecting the business from the cyber villains. Although the executive team steers the ship and establishes culture and direction, none of this is intended to give a pass to the IT manager. In fact, the exact opposite is true. Rather, by the very nature of his position as the ranking IT team member, he is responsible for identifying and managing IT risk, communicating the deficiencies, identifying resources and tools and partners to mitigate those risks, and identifying and requesting the necessary funding for appropriate cybersecurity enhancements. At this point, it's probably important to note that the company's IT budget was notably lower than their industry standard as a percent of total revenue, and the portion of IT spend allocated to cybersecurity was significantly lower than their peer group by more than 22% on average. When asked to identify the key reasons for the lack of investment in cybersecurity, awareness education, improved tool sets, threat identification and detection, or even third-party partners to improve the organization's cybersecurity posture and resilience, the following were cited by the IT manager and the key team members, and again, these are in no specific order. They stated that there's an overarching philosophy that IT is a cost center, and that promotes a least cost approach in all things IT. Of course, management is going to take a least cost approach to solving problems. All problems. It's incumbent upon the business's leadership team to efficiently use resources to solve problems. It's also the IT leader's responsibility to effectively assess and communicate technology risks to the business. Ways to mitigate those risks as well as the associated cost to mitigate them. The investigation found that the IT manager had not consistently or effectively satisfied that responsibility. They also complained that they've asked for things and they were always denied. Well, the ability to effectively articulate a need, the solution, and to make a successful pitch for the investment is a critical skill for an IT leader. Further investigation clearly revealed that early in the IT manager's tenure with the company, he had developed several reasonably good presentations to make the case for various investments, both cybersecurity related as well as infrastructure and personnel, but he had limited success in obtaining the budget to actually make those investments. Consequently, and over time, the quality of presentation degraded, and eventually the formality of the presentation gave way to just informal conversations, and those were much easier to shut down or to put off altogether by the CEO. 
This eventually had a dual negative impact, first on how the executive leadership team viewed the IT manager's strategic leadership capabilities, and secondly, on how the CEO and the leadership team increasingly viewed technology as a necessary expense and the IT department merely as a cost center rather than a driver and contributor to business value. Definitely a lose-lose situation. They also expressed the belief that for the CEO and the CFO, the timing just never seems to be, quote, right to make IT investments of any kind. Well, timing often gives the appearance of, quote, never being right in many aspects of the business. Ultimately, this perception was more of a symptom of the previous scenario. Of course, economic conditions, competitive climates, and other market factors can make this, quote, not the right time to invest. After all, capital is limited and spend must be prioritized. That is all the more reason for the IT leader to master communicating risks and presenting winning arguments to gain funding and resources necessary to mitigate those risks. Finally, the IT manager offered, they just don't understand the value of IT. Well, even if we appreciate his frustration, the reality is that this is an excuse and a deflection of the truth. The hard truth is that the IT leader must be able to effectively, consistently, and frequently communicate the value that his team delivers to the business. If the IT leader cannot do this one thing well, it is a very real possibility that the wrong person is in that role. It's the sole function of the IT leader to deliver IT value to his organization. That value is realized in many forms, from the most basic and foundational of tasks, which is keeping the lights on and the company functioning, to the more sophisticated value drivers, such as protecting the business through cybersecurity risk mitigation, delivering time and money-saving automation, and leveraging the vast array of data generated by the business every single day to provide forward-looking and actionable insights that give the business a competitive advantage. That is the job. The story for this company can be summed up this way. Over the course of time, this highly competitive and growing, well-run and profitable company had allowed a dangerous and destructive enemy to invade. Complacency. From my observation, that was not the case regarding the pursuit of revenue growth, capturing market share, or working capital efficiency. No, this variant of complacency found its roots in the company's information technology. The people, the policy, and the practices were all affected, but also, and certainly more importantly, was the executive leadership team. Sure, maybe they didn't understand the technology, and as a result, they avoided it. They certainly didn't understand the cyber war in which they were engaged, the threats pounding on their doors every single day, and they didn't know they weren't really protected. As long as no incident occurred, from their perspective, there was nothing to improve. What they were doing and what they had always done was enough. And friends, that is complacency. But it doesn't stop there. 
The IT leader allowed the technology-averse culture of the executive leadership team to erode his desire, dedication, and diligence to perform the responsibilities critical to his role. Over time, he adopted the belief that he could not affect the change he believed was necessary, so he gradually stopped trying. He failed to pursue continuous improvement in a number of areas critical to cybersecurity, such as defining a cybersecurity vision for the organization, creating a roadmap, recognizing and adapting to changes in the threat landscape, and identifying and effectively communicating the risks the company faced and the actions necessary to mitigate those risks. To the IT leader, the executive team's technology posture and his inability to motivate them to act on technology needs became the perfect breeding ground for his version of complacency. You want the bottom line? Well, here it is. This company, just like yours and mine, was always a target. It just hadn't been in the crosshairs until that fateful August afternoon when suddenly it was, and complacency is the easiest of targets. Is your organization plagued with cybersecurity complacency? Do you really even know the answer to that question? There is a cyber war, and whether you believe you're in it or not, your business is a target. Don't allow complacency to make yours an easy target. Here are the five steps you can begin to take today to eradicate complacency so you can begin to elevate your cybersecurity resilience. Number one, identify and recognize complacency. The first step is to figure out if complacency exists in your business relative to technology and ultimately in your cybersecurity preparedness. Go back and re-listen to the section of this podcast where the executive and the IT team interviews were discussed. Do you find similar beliefs are present? Do you see behavioral evidence that complacency is present? If not, congratulations. If so, don't worry, go on to number two. So number two, acknowledge the values that set the company apart from your competition. These are the reasons you win in the marketplace. And then bring them to life in your IT department and in your cybersecurity program. Let's face the elephant in the room for a moment. You've got a great company. You've got solid people on your team that are passionate and driven to win in the business. But information technology and cybersecurity are not your business, and that's okay. But to elevate the IT component of your business from a complacent cost center to be on par with the business contributing to the value proposition, you, yes you, as the business owner or leader, CEO, see whatever, must change how you and your key leaders view technology and your IT team. Share your business values with the IT team. Show them why these values matter, why they work. Engage the IT team to apply them in their daily work and challenge them to be accountable to those values. Finally, this is not a one-and-done activity. Make it a keystone of your culture. Number three, 
clearly articulate the purpose. Too often, business owners or leaders establish goals and tell all the good little soldiers to march toward the goal. Many make plans or even set strategy to get there, and that's a bit better. But goals and plans are not enough. They need purpose. The clearly stated reasons why the goals matter. People believe in the why. People follow the why. If you haven't heard it before, find Simon Sinek's YouTube video, Start With Why. It's a fantastic explanation of why starting with why works. Starting with purpose works. Starting with purpose wins the hearts and minds and commitment of your employees, including your IT employees. Number four. Continuously learn, adapt, and challenge. Relying on the same skills, tools, means, and methods that made the business what it is today should not be relied upon to take the business to the next level. You've heard the expression, if you're not growing, you're dying. In business, this expression speaks to the reality that if a business is not growing its revenue or market share, it's essentially declining relative to its competitors. When we rely on what has, quote, always worked, we miss opportunities for growth. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm promoting the idea that business leaders run from the ideas, concepts, and tactics that have proven themselves successful No, rather, I'm promoting a posture of continuous improvement through learning and adaptation. Advancement by improvement wrapped in a culture that embraces this challenge every single day. And finally, number five, reinforce the change with the three C's. Up to this point, the list has focused on necessary changes of mindset. This final step in the process of eradicating complacency is not merely integral. It is, in fact, essential to maintaining the change. Without the three C's, there is no transformation from a complacent organization content with cybersecurity status quo to an organization culturally driven to take purposeful action to bolster its cybersecurity posture and more effectively protect the business and its assets. The first C is consistent messaging. Consistent communication is vital. The message must always align with our purpose and strategies. Repetition serves to strengthen the message and the resolve of those who receive it. The next C is congruent actions. Our actions as leaders, particularly when affecting a change or a shift in the culture of an organization, must align with our message. Failure to align our actions or policies with our messaging is at best confusing to our teams and at its worst viewed as hypocrisy. Neither option gets us where we want to go. However, assuring our actions and policies are always congruent with our messaging demonstrates not only our understanding and belief in our new message, but also affirms our commitment to seeing it through. The final C is for 
regular cadence. Let's not forget nor underestimate the importance of a regular cadence in our communication and accountability to our teams and to our commitments. A forced or regular cadence builds habit, and good habits are essential to affecting sustainable culture changes. Our businesses are valuable and worth protecting. Both livelihoods and legacy depend upon it. The threats are real, and we'll get back to the examination of this event in our next episode, but I believe it was extremely important for us to recognize some of the conditions at work in this company that ultimately led to this attack being so successful for the cyber villains. Sure, it would have been easy just to point out the holes in the company's cyber defenses and what could have been done to correct them, but we would have missed a great opportunity to talk in depth about one of the more challenging and impactful events of cybersecurity preparedness. The countless stories of cyber warfare that I recount on this podcast and also share with business owners have played an important role in driving my passion for protecting businesses from cyber villains. I have learned what's critical in protecting businesses, and I've learned what's important in protecting businesses, and believe me, they're not the same thing. I started the This is Cyber War podcast to pull back the curtain on the bad guys to expose the for business owners the increasingly cyber-vicious threat landscape they face each day. I tell real-life stories of cyber events that happen to companies just like yours and mine to expose the truth, that there is an enemy and this is a war, and also to reveal the affordable and unconventional cybersecurity strategies and tactics that small businesses can begin to implement today to protect themselves and survive. Every episode of This Is Cyber War focuses on transforming small and mid-sized businesses one practical step at a time into cyber-aware and cyber-resilient organizations. We'll relate real-world experiences and real-world solutions that will advance your business's cyber preparedness. My name is Cliff Nelson, your CIO, and it is my honor to engage in this cyber war with you. So until next episode, I will leave you with cybersecurity rule number seven. The more tempting the offer, the more reason you should avoid it. This one is similar to rule number six mentioned in the previous episode, which was don't click on anything found in an unsolicited email. If the email looks fishy or doesn't pass your smell test, consider it malicious and delete it. Well, rule number seven is a little bit more about the offer than the presumed sender. Imagine you receive an email from a longtime colleague, someone you know and trust. They're asking you to buy some gift cards or perhaps help them out of a financial predicament. Do not reply to the email. Call the person on a number that you know to be valid. Confirm the email is legitimate before taking any action. Thank you, and until next time, stay vigilant, and I appreciate you listening.